It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the program. Monday Night Sports Talk with you here on DWS all the way up till. 6 o'clock, 217-356-9397 is the telephone number. We'll talk some Illinois sports, Major League Baseball activity as well, and whatever else might be on your mind on this Monday afternoon. Glad to have you with us. At 510, Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette with us. How are you doing, Matthew? Doing great, Steve. Beautiful day. Beautiful, uh, albeit uh, breezy day here in the... Central Illinois, it's 80 degrees right now. I guess that's probably the high for the day, but uh, not too bad. Yeah. I would say what day isn't breezy that's in true. East Central Illinois. A warm breeze, though, is certainly better than what we've... We had snow last Tuesday, so right. sun in 80 degrees, I'll, I'll take it. Scott Ritchie here as well. We've got basketball to talk about. How you doing, Scott? I am actually great. As of four hours <laughs> ago or so, I, I'm now a fully vaccinated man. That's good to know. Bob likes that, don't you, Bob? Definitely. I'm going 48 hours since I became fully vaccinated, so I just want to point that out as well. Shout out to the vaccination site in Champaign. Technically, still have a couple weeks to go before. It takes full effect, but dose number two is coursing through my veins. So I think we're all fully vaccinated here in the studio. We are. We are. Awesome. All right, anyone listening out there that doesn't want to get a shot. Get vaccinated, for God's sakes. <laughs> Jesus. That's our cranky columnist, Bob Oswald, well, in the I corner mean, I can, by I himself. I was, I was at an ice cream place this weekend, and somebody was complaining because they had to wear a mask to get ice cream. I was thinking, why are you complaining? You're eating the ice cream. But anyway, that's just me. Maybe they thought they had to wear a mask while eating well, ice eating cream. That, that, well, that'd be a problem, but that was not the problem. We're talking a lot of sports here right now. Sorry. We are. We're going to get to that. <laughs> no uh, news that we know to report about uh, the Illinois assistant coaching situation. Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman still uh, looking at their options, apparently, Scott. And, uh, of course, everybody wants to know what's going on, including, not the least of which, is uh, Brad Underwood. Wants to know what uh, his staff is going to look like. And I would guess that sometime in the next couple of days, certainly this week, when you think that uh, – that would be ironed out one way or the other? Yeah, probably. Um, I think that would be the, the best case scenario for everyone involved, uh, just to kind of keep moving along with the offseason. But, you know, both Orlando Antigua and Coleman have been, you know, tied to uh, John Calipari and perhaps his totally revamped coaching staff at Kentucky. Um, Antigua certainly. Obviously, has those former ties with Calipari, having coached with him at Memphis and then also at Kentucky. Um, then, you know, Illinois has apparently backed up the Brinks truck as well to keep Orlando Antigua. Um, not sure about, you know, how that affects Chin Coleman, but uh, to be determined whether they'll stay uh, on Brad Underwood's staff or 
you know, pursue this next opportunity. But I, it's not really a surprise that things sort of quieted down at the end of the week, you know, with the, the tragic passing of Terrence Clark, the former you know, Kentucky guard, and that I think took precedence for, for certain for John Calipari. But you know, I would imagine this week maybe there's some movement there. Yeah, I saw Bob at a local bank here getting a boatload of cash and making his way to Oven uh, over the weekend. It was uh, me? Yeah, I didn't remember doing that. You, I don't you, have you and Lauren, for some reason, were together. Uh, you know, <laughs> me, I mean, he might have the money. I don't have that Walking money. out of a bank. But that's bag, what they should do. Bag full of cash. for Pay the man. Is, to quote Kitty, Teddy GB from Rounders, pay the man his money. Pay the men their money. Pay yeah. those guys. I don't care. Illinois, you want to be good in basketball? Keep your assistant coaches. Because these guys are critical. They they are. And, and Scott and I talked about this uh, shameless plug on episode 148 of Inside Atlanta Basketball earlier today, available wherever you get your podcast. But uh, the key is, uh, obviously, to have the best possible staff that you can make. It's interesting because Brad Underwood had never worked with Orlando Antigua and Shin Coleman before he brought them on board in the spring of 2017. And, yes, they have been a boon to his staff they've helped on the recruiting front Kofi Coburn Andre Curbelo uh, Io DeSumo Adam Miller with Chin Coleman's connection to Chicago and they've also helped with the development on the court Kofi Coburn Big Ten freshman year second team All-American Antigua was very pivotal in in his uh, progress Chin Coleman like Scott mentioned earlier kind of evolved as the defensive coordinator per se for Illinois basketball uh, this, this past season again though too and I get it with recruiting because it's tied to certain assistant coaches because they do kind of the the grunt work, I want to say. They kind of reestablish relationships with players and their families. But Brad Underwood, it's not like he just shows up at Ubbin and no one doesn't know who the players on his team are, hasn't had a hand in recruiting, especially with where recruiting has gone the last 13 months where it's all virtual. They've got Zoom calls with the entire staff. Brad Underwood, in a sense, has to be kind of a closer on the recruiting front as well. So – Again, I, I understand kind of why the the panic is out there in the sense because Illinois is coming off their best season in 16 years. Orlando Antigua and Shin Coleman, very key part of that. Maybe the Kentucky factor has fans kind of up in arms because it's Kentucky and they're a blue blood and they can pretty much get any coach. So why are they going to poach two from the Illinois staff? Possibly. But I think Brad Underwood's kind of earned the benefit of the doubt for if they were to leave – that he can land some capable assistance. To I totally them. agree with that because other schools weren't exactly knocking down the door for Orlando Antigua mm-hmm. at the time or yeah. Chin Coleman at lot, the time. A lot, lot, lot of questions about Antigua when he arrived right. here at Illinois. He was coming off. Obviously, his success at Kentucky as a recruiter and at Memphis under John Calipari vaulted him to where he became a head coach of a Division One program in South Florida which did not end well for him. He was fired. There was a scandal there. Uh, the school got hit with some sanctions. So Orlando Antigua wasn't the same, you know, must-have assistant coach in 2017 when Brad Edwin brought him to Illinois that he was earlier in the decade with his success at Kentucky. And he's, to his credit, he has kind of reestablished his reputation in the business, and that's why Kentucky's coming after him, and that's why reportedly Illinois is willing to – Pay him a bunch of money to stay here in Champaign. Let's uh, go to the phones at uh, 517. Mark in Urbana, what do you say, Mark? Hey, good evening, guys. I was just calling about this. Uh, it seems like uh, come whenever the choice is going to be made between 
Kentucky and, and uh, Illinois how critical um, this could be for, you know, uh, the Illini. You know, if you, if you keep the coach, coaches, then, you know, um, you know you keep the, the big man coming and uh, starting to come and, you know, some of the recruits. But if you lose them, lose both of the assistant coaches, how, how far back will that set you back? You know, as far as finding a, I think uh, finding the uh, um, assistant coaches and and uh, getting uh, getting uh, um, them, you know, up to speed or you know, finding new players. And I hang up and listen. Thanks, Mark. We appreciate it. It it doesn't have to set Illinois back at all, um, especially if you kind of look at where the program has been built back to, and also. You know, clearly with the reports, the financial incentives that they're willing to, you know, put into the program and the backing there. And Illinois could, if this all shakes out like um, reported, could do it. Kentucky just did and just go poach somebody else's assistant coaches. And that's the business. It's not like they're going to replace Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman, maybe, with (laughs) two random guys off the street. Like, they'll, they'll probably be able to land some fairly prominent assistant coaches. They've got the attention of a lot of those guys just by the fact that Illinois had apparently has gone to the plate and uh, and up the ante. Yeah, I mean, if... That's not to say the next guy's going to get 1.5 or whatever. Well, no, but, but it, there's an, an investment being made in yeah. basketball at Illinois. And no, I mean, if Orlando Tico does leave for Kentucky, his replacement won't also be right. the highest paid assistant coach in college basketball. I, probably. I mean, yeah, you never know. But you know, I think you know, Illinois is showing it is willing to you know, put its its money behind, you know, the program that is clearly sort of, you know, the, the, the top at the university. Well, plus there's recruiting to be done in short term and long term. The short term, of course, uh, Matt, is the transfer portal. There's still <laughs> some guys in there that uh, Illinois has on their radar, and mm-hmm. you need somebody. Of course, you know, you've got uh, – Brad, as you mentioned, and Stephen Gentry, as far as we know, uh, working that at the mm-hmm. moment. But both schools want to know who their staff is at a key time. No, exactly. That's a good point, Steve, especially with uh, the dead period for recruiting ending June 1st where coaches can get back on the back out on the road and if they remember how to recruit since it's been so long, uh, probably like riding a bike for, for a bunch of them. But it's key right now, too, because the portal is, is not slowing down. Uh, I think Scott said earlier today it's approaching 1,500 players, which is what Brad Underwood foreshadowed, which is, I think, almost a third of college basketball rosters from last season, which is just insane to to think about. But uh, Illinois, and, and they've added already two transfers this offseason, Omar Payne and, and Alfonso Plummer, and uh, waiting to see what happens with Kofi Coburn and, and that scholarship situation shake out. And... When you look ahead to the class of 2022, they've already got two commits on board and Ronnie Bass and uh, Reggie Ar- Bass. Reggie Bass. Thank you, Scott. That's why you're sitting here. I try to sound authoritative, and then I reminded that you are the authority on it. And then uh, AJ Store. Did I get that one right? Yep. All right. One for two. Batting 500. Um, but I, I think it's it's critical in the sense that you obviously want to know who the assistant coaches are on the staff, but I think you have to kind of take a step back too and realize that Illinois finished last season number two in the country. They were a top seed in the NCAA tournament. They were projected by many people that follow college basketball to not only 
possibly play for a national title, maybe take home a national title. And all that is lost, obviously, after they lost in the second round to Loyola Chicago. But I don't think there's going to be this this huge drop-off for right. Illinois basketball like maybe it had been in, in the past at all, even if you have to replace a few assistant coaches on the staff. It is 522. We'll keep this uh, line of uh, content going, if you like. Illinois basketball. We'll talk some Illinois football. Spring practice is now over. If you'd like to call us, 217-356-9397. We'll take our first break and be back on Monday Night Sports Talk after this. Stay with us. Moving up on 526 on Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie. Phone line open, 216-217. We're changing area codes on you. 217-356. I knew there was a 6 in there. 9397 is the number. Let's say uh, good evening to Neil over in Bloomington. What's up, Neil? How are you doing, Mr. Kelly? I'll ask Scott Ritchie a question. Go Mr. for Ritchie, it. I see that uh, the big guy uh, declared for the draft. What do you think the chances are that he stays or goes? I'll listen to what you say. Thanks for taking my call. You guys have a great night. You too. Thanks, Neil. Well, I'd like to just say 50-50. Either he stays <laughs> or he goes. But I feel we need to ban that option for you to answer. Marcus, well, Marcus owns that. He's that's kind of like the, the bye week. We need to get rid of that one, right? <laughs> but... <laughs> in reality, I would say odds are probably closer, you know, to Kofi Coburn not returning to Illinois. Because um, I don't know that his NBA draft stock could get any higher than it is right now. I mean, it, it could if he came back and you know, was a first-team All-American and showed that he could, you know, be a more versatile defender. Then it certainly would, but. Maybe that doesn't happen in year three for him. Uh, you know, Ayo Desumu coming back for a third season, really elevating his draft stock. That's kind of a rare thing. And if you look at it, like Kofi is, I think, either already 22 or will be 22 shortly. He'll be 22 in September, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And that's uh, not ideal. Uh, the NBA wants to draft as young as possible, essentially, so they can develop players themselves. And... Um, I mean, I think he goes. I don't know if he gets drafted. I mean, but someone will pay him money to play professional basketball next year if he wants to do that. Um, but the door is open for him to return, and Illinois would go from being sort of, uh, I mean, probably at this point, in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten, maybe a little higher than that, to you know potentially a, a top ten team in the country. We, just with with him at center. We've been surprised before. I mean, Iowa surprised that long me. Ago, Iowa surprised me twice. Yeah, that, that he came back. So maybe Kofi's uh, got one of those in him too. Let's go back to the phones. Carl is with us. Hello, Carl. Hello. Uh, it's my understanding that both coach, both assistant coaches, have been on vacation last week, and I can't help thinking that their families will have a lot to do with the decision. Like, do they want to move kind of thing? I would guess that's right. I would also guess the families are probably with them on vacation, so they're, they've they uh, been talking about it. But that's a good point, and uh, I'm sure that uh, what the missus has to say uh, figures highly in, in any decision like that. Because I don't know how many times Illinois, well, it's only in football that this has happened, but you have, you've had... 
like two or three assistants uh, say they'll take the job, and then the next day they they change their minds because their families say, "No way, we don't want to go," kind of thing. That's happened. I mean, we've seen that happen. Yeah, um, no, good points, Carl. I, I think with football, it's a little bit different breed than than basketball. The the turnover rate, and again, I don't have any statistics right in front of me. I'm just going off of like. Antigua and Coleman have been here uh, at Illinois for for four seasons. Uh, I would be surprised if four seasons from now, Brett Bielema's first staff is still intact at at Illinois on on the football side. That's just that the rate of turnover. Yeah, the rate of turnover on college football staffs is a lot higher than than college basketball on the assistant coaching level. Um, But yeah, I'm sure the family does have a a say in in what they what they want to do and. We'll see what the decisions make. You're talking two very like like communities in my mind. For two very Steve probably knows Lexington better than I do. I've lived but in both. Yeah, very, very nice town. Like Champagne, very nice town. So that part's probably not a big deal. I think if they say here's 1.5 million, you might go there. Generally, not everybody, but most people would say, or I'd rather have 1.5 than 700,000. That's kind of easy. But yeah, and these are. Basketball families that sort of understand that mm-hmm. moving kind from place right. to place is exactly. what happens. Right. Yeah, but sometimes they just get stubborn about it. I mean, uh, and and they should really if they do, if they're happy where they are. I'm just saying in general, if people are happy way that where they are, uh, they should. That's something the head of the family has to consider. Anyway, that's just my two cents in it. All right, Carl. Thanks. I'll talk to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Always appreciate you taking time to call in. Anybody else wants to join us here at 531 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, 217-356-9397. Anything else uh, new basketball-wise besides the uh, assistant coach watch and the portal watch and I guess portal adjacent, uh, you know, Jermaine Hamlin was entering the portal, right. so mm-hmm. that, that opens up another scholarship for Illinois to maybe use. You know, Brad Underwood, you know, said the last time we talked with him that, you know, just the way he phrased it, wouldn't mind going into the season with an open scholarship if that's the way things worked out, and it creates some flexibility, sort of at, at mid-year, where there will be, you know, the next wave of transfers in the the portal again um but that with hamlin in the portal kofi coburn maybe coming back maybe not i mean elmo still needs to add one more big man to the roster and uh, like trey mitchell uh umass transfer i think is and should be at the top uh, of the list you know elmo recruited him out of high school uh and he's played he played really well at umass in his first two seasons um averaged you know, over those two years, about 18 points, seven or eight rebounds per game. Um, so he would have two seasons left at the Well, minimum. he would have, You'd have three, three, I guess. Three, technically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to qualify every But is he, uh, he's not likely to go somewhere and play three more years, is he? Well, I mean, probably not. Right. But two would still sure. be a substantial mm-hmm. addition. And he could play next to Omar Payne, you know, with Mitchell at the four, Payne at the five. Like, that would give Illinois one of its bigger front courts. And you know, Mitchell, I think, was a 35, 
38% three-point shooter over the last two years. So that's 6'9", 240. Like, he can stretch it to the perimeter. It'd be a great ad for Illinois, but he obviously has you know, plenty of suitors. Right. We'll keep uh, the basketball talk going if you like. Bob, we want to talk some football with you. Fifteen spring practices are now in the books. It was last week, uh, last Monday. We didn't end up having a show last Monday. And so by, weird. By the way, we may not next Monday because there's a 3 o'clock baseball game scheduled. Well, they need to throw a no-hitter like they did yesterday. There you go, yeah. That's something we'll Play talk. the Braves. The Braves kind of got almost <laughs> no-hit, didn't they? They did, and then one hitter. So yeah. one hitter, zero. One hit in two games yesterday. I'm just praying they get two hits today. But anyway, I'm sorry, I'm bitter about that. Okay, that's that's fine. They play the Cubs coming up tonight. They'll probably score 20 runs tonight, the Braves will. Fine with me. Yep. Me too. Need to save some of those, though, as the Cardinals found out a couple times last <laughs> week. Cardinals, by the way, are still at home. They've got, they've got a chance to make some hay, perhaps. They have uh, a 17-game stretch of mm-hmm. no days off, but 14 of those games are at Bush Stadium. So good and bad. Yeah. They played good. The t- I mean, coming, off, just the, swept the com- coming off the three-game sweep of the Reds, uh, pitching really stood out for the Cardinals, which was a, a good sight to see after the startles, the starters basically struggled the first two and a half weeks of the season. Let's go back to the phones real quick before we uh, move along. And Steve is with us. Hello, Steve. Good evening, guys. Hey, back to basketball. I've got a question that no one's ever answered, and that is, why do the kids that played a full 27, 28, 30-game schedule this year get a fifth year when guys like Police and Kipper Nichols, they didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament? They're the two that should have been able to have a fifth year, not Trent Frazier and all these guys that played a full season and played in the NCAA tournament. Well, that was an NCAA decision made you know, last During a spring. pandemic. It's just, you know, I think they, they, I mean, they made Andre, that, they made that decision, what, I think like three weeks after the tournament got canceled, late March, I want to say, 2020, when I think everyone was kind of still still grappling with the ramifications uh, of the pandemic and what it meant to sports. And I think at that time, too, you think back to it, who no one knew when sports was really going really gonna to start again. And um, I think a lot of schools were probably looking at it from a financial aspect, too, of, okay, if we bring back all the seniors in winter sports because they were at the tail end of their season. I know Illinois obviously was going to main the NCAA tournament that year, but they obviously weren't. But a lot of other sports were kind of already finished up. So I, I think a lot of schools are maybe kind of worried about the financial ramifications of, okay, if we add on even more scholarships amid the uncertainty that was going on at the time and, and college athletic departments across the country have had to drop sports and drop programs and and cut back in ways they probably never imagined before the pandemic i think that's probably kind of the ncaa division one council's kind of rationale or or line of thinking and they're probably also looking ahead to the upcoming school year in a sense too where they wanted to give some athletes because this doesn't just entail basketball and entails all all sports and they weren't sure at that time heck if there was going to be a football season i mean we didn't know if there was going to be an illinois football season until about a month before the season started after the big 10 started and stopped and started and stopped so uh, i think in hindsight i think it's easy to kind of be like well why didn't they do that but i think you have to go back to the way things were in the state of affairs in this country at the time and wonder what the heck was going to happen one with basketball now two seasons ago if you look at it like two-thirds of the teams were done i mean there were still some conference tournaments going on Mm -hmm. 
NCAA tournament, NIT, what have you. But for the most part, every team had played a full season. So, anyway. like I, I get, I understand the fan sentiment for wanting to see Andres Feliz and Kipper Nichols play in the NCAA tournament. They earned that right. No one's questioning that at all. But like Scott said too, if you drive forty five minutes away from Champaign, like the Illinois State men's basketball season was already over. So would they have said, "Hey, everyone, you can come back for another another season," even though? You already wrapped up your eligibility. Anything else, Steve? Hopefully, I just enjoyed the conversation, so uh, you do a good job. Okay, thanks for listening. We appreciate that. Bob, back to Illinois football. 15 spring practices done for now, and uh, they've got plenty of stuff to do uh, before they start uh, working with the guys again. But your thoughts on from what we slash you were able to see over that uh, period of time, uh, especially uh, during the month of April. What what are your thoughts? Well, I saw two hours, so that was good. Um, they're going to play a 3-4. We know that now, which is kind of interesting given where they were before because you got guys that were defensive ends, deep, defensive ends playing outside linebacker. So you know that now, and that's interesting. Now, I think some people here will really like that. Some people will say, not sure that'll work. But, again, these guys got to do what they think is best. And I think offensively, we're still kind of in the learning about this team, deal what they're going to try to do. I think the main thing for this team is Brandon Purdue is, is critical. If he has a good year in 20, 2021, they'll have, a good, they'll have a good season. If he has a bad year or struggles or gets hurt, they're going to be in trouble because beyond him, there's not a lot of help right now. So I don't think they're going to bring another quarterback in beyond the people on the team now and the guy coming in. So I don't think they have a really great plan beyond Brandon Peters. So we said, so Brandon Peters is a lot of pressure on, on him. But I also think I've seen him do well before in this situation in 19. He was good. He was really good. Unless he was, you know, when he missed time because he was hurt. But otherwise, he was really good. So if he can do that again for the full season, they could have a nice year. And I realize all positions are up for grabs, but there, there's a – Big drop off there, at least from what, to me, what I've seen, there is yeah, at there that is, position. And that's not saying anything bad against Isaiah Williams. He's just, he's just got work to do. Yep. And he's got time, too. He technically has four more years. And so he brings some things to the table he that, does. that uh, Peters does not. And they'll use him some in some form, They maybe lots. But yeah, he's definitely got a skill set that they don't have otherwise. But could he be your down to down, everyday quarterback? I don't think so right now. Maybe a year from now. Because Juice Williams, when he first got to Illinois in 2006, five, mm-hmm. six. six, people were not sure about him either. And he grew into the job and became one of the best quarterbacks in school history. So that's possible. But he that's a little, little advantage that maybe this guy doesn't have in terms of size. A lot of our fans that Matt got a little spoiled during a – <laughs> An eight-year run there of uh, Juice Williams and Nathan Shieldhouse. Yeah, which was uh, obviously preceded by the the great run of of Kurt Kittner yep. earlier, and uh, and just stability at the quarterback position was such a constant for Illinois for almost you know oh, ten or line. ten or twelve years there, and and that really kind of helped the program gain some national relevancy and also just kind of get some some sustained success. And if you think back to the Tim Beckman era and the Bill Cubitt era and the Lovey Smith era, there's kind of one unifying force throughout all of them, and that was just finding kind of a consistent quarterback. And, and I again, Nathan Shios was a starter for two seasons, although he got hurt early on in, in Beckman's first season and then really developed uh, in 2013. 
and then injuries kind of curtailed Wes Lunt's time here at Illinois. I know when he transferred from Oklahoma State, it was the coach's office at Memorial Stadium. They were overjoyed. They were thinking, this is the guy that's going to take us back to kind of be a prominent figure in the Big Ten West. He's going to be an NFL draft pick. The potential for him was just really, really high. And then in the Lovey Smith era, they just they could never find a starting quarterback at all. It just kind of ebbed and flowed year to year, and they relied on some transfers, and they relied on some holdovers from the Beckman era, and it just never kind of kind of worked out for them. And uh, I think if Brandon Pierce can be that guy for Illinois all season, and there's no question, because even last season when Brandon Pierce was supposed to be the guy, I mean, he struggled mightily in the first game at Wisconsin and then got – COVID-19, which set him back, obviously, and then the the carousel started turning for Illinois at the quarterback position, and then you kind of saw what Isaiah Williams could bring to the field, and then it's like, okay, do we kind of shift in that direction? And then by the end of the season, and again, I know a lot happened in the final week of the season with Lovey Smith being let go, but they just didn't seem to have kind of that guy. So I think it was encouraging to see Brandon Peters perform and be accurate with the foot, good. accurate with the ball uh, on Monday night. That was that's kind of always been his bugaboo in the passing game. Is when he's on, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten. But it's just that consistency throughout all four quarters. You think back to again. I know we talk about the Michigan State game in 2019 a lot, but it was such a kind of a high watermark for the program in recent years. Brandon Peters was really bad the first three quarters of that game like really bad and then in the fourth quarter he found another gear and looked like an all big 10 quarterback and now you just have to kind of get that out of him for the whole season he's better now than he was in 2019 for sure yeah. he's gonna have the summer to get ready learn this offense better he's going to know the camp he's going to see uh who's he going to see Kurt Warner see. what's that Kurt Warner Thank you, you, Kurt you wrote Warner. about him Bob. I know I, I it's, it's a blur <laughs> I can't remember what he wrote yesterday or what he ate for dinner last night. So, anyway, but Kurt Warner is going to be helpful to mm -hmm. him. And, again, he'll get settled in this offense. I think he has a good chance to have a good year. Bob, that's Matt. This is Scott. I'm Steve. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. We're happy you're with us until 6. We need to take a break at 543 on Monday Night Sports Talk. Phone line's still open if you want to join us back after this. Moving up on 547, Monday Night Sports Talk until 6. 217-356-9397 is the phone number. If you want to jump in, you've still got time. While we were talking about Illinois football, Bob, you spoke to and are writing about Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green, one of my favorite players that I've dealt with in the last – I say that all the time, but <laughs> he's, he's, a great, he's a great guy. I think the th first time I talked to him probably was his senior year after he High committed. And mm -hmm. Yeah, senior at uh, Peoria Central. Peoria Central. Yeah. Thank you. Home of the but, Lions. Yep. Tim Thornton, former line A, was the coach there. Or is the coach there. Ray Daniels, my dad, graduate there. Excellent. Is that right? Yeah. But, uh, but uh, Kendrick was really, really good to talk to during his career, obviously. And he's uh, his chance. I think he's going to be uh, – the list I looked at today said second or third round for him which is going to be, A, good money, and B, hopefully a good situation. Because to me, Alec Wrighty and Ted Karras, the last two linemen to be drafted, got great situations. They got Patriots and Chiefs, both great teams, won Super Bowls. That's pretty cool. So I think for him, and he doesn't have a favorite team, for him the best thing would be get to a team that's talented, they need you. So find a situation like Nikolai Grady after, what, two years is in the straight lineup. Mm -hmm. So I think Kedrick has that chance. 
they were talking to him as a center, so which is surprising to me, to me too, because he was a really good guard, all Big Ten guard. But center is a position that where his skill set really works well. So I think he's going to be a guy that second to third round. So that'd be Friday, Friday night actually. And uh, he just had a baby, mm-hmm. uh, not him, not but him. Yeah. His his. <laughs> His significant partner, other, right, and his daughter. That'd be a bigger uh, story. Daughter, yeah, that'd be <laughs> <laughs> good boy. Hazel is his daughter, and Hazel five, is month five old. months old, and Kedrick is getting good at diaper changing and all that stuff. So that's kind of cool. But think about that. You get this. You're gonna have this life changing moment, and you just had a life changing moment. So pretty fun year for him. Obviously, and he's graduating too in May. So good for him. Anybody else from Illinois? Oh, I think that you jo- anticipate. Yeah, I think Joshua Matterbaby will be drafted, probably late, and I think uh, I think Hobbs will have a chance. Uh, I'm not sure about drafted, but certainly signed. There may be another guy or two that get that signs, but it's going to be fairly limited. But again, they haven't get a guy drafted since Allegretti in '19. I looked it up. They had uh, every even year was bad from I think 14, 16, 18, 20. Nobody. That's bad. Illinois used to have five guys pecked every year, three guys pecked here every year. They need to get back to back to that point. And I think if you're Brett Bielema, one of your goals should be draft your draft day should be a big deal at Champion or Banner every year. You should have guys go in the first round, second round, and Kendrick Green should be part of that. Matt Daniels as sports editor continues to crack the whip on the, these guys and others, and you're working on a special uh, addition or a special piece yeah. on uh, Hall of Famer Lauren Tate. Tell us an update on that. Yeah, we've uh, Bob has been uh, tirelessly plugging away without complaint uh, for the last month or so on this uh, this massive project that we've undertaken. Uh, we did three special sections in in March, all geared around Illinois basketball. When those got done, we decided to do another special section. So we're uh, it's kind of part owed to. Uh, Lauren Tate, our, our legendary columnist colleague here at the News Gazette, who was recently inducted into the uh, U.S. Basketball Writers Association Hall of Fame, and also kind of a look back at what I'm calling kind of the Tate Lines era, uh, the last 55 years or so, as he started working here in 1966 at the News Gazette. Um, Bob's got a, a boatload of lists, uh, top teams, top coaches, top moments uh, that he's been working on. Um, Lauren himself wrote a, a really nice column as well, uh, kind of looking back at kind of the some huge key historical moments, starting from the the slush fund right when he got to town to the Lovey Smith hiring and all points and everything kind of in between revolving around Illinois athletics. Also, uh, Mike Pearson, friend of ours, uh, writes uh, Illinois Legends List and Lore every Sunday in the paper. Basically, the foremost historian on, on Illinois athletics. Um, and Michigan State athletics. And Michigan State <laughs> athletics, too. Just an overall, all-around great guy as well. Um, he's helped out quite a bit with this this project, and he's got a massive contribution as well. Uh, we were going to have this run this upcoming Thursday, but because we have so much content we're actually going to push it back till probably the first or second week in May, still kind of sorting out the details. We just don't want to kind of rush it out there. Sure. Uh, and kind of we just want to really kind of make it kind of a crown jewel to, to look on and, and look back at, at Lauren's illustrious career. I, w- I want people to be, be warned. 
you're going to hate me. After <laughs> you're going to hate my guts. You're going to say, why, what are you thinking? You're an idiot. I mean, it's going to be awful. Now, why is that, Bob? Because I had to rank everybody. I didn't just, we didn't just list them like alphabetically, no. which would have been fun and easy. <laughs> but we just, I, mean, I said, let's rank them 1 to 50. So Top I mean, 1 to 50 athletes. Mm-hmm. Top okay, athletes. So good luck with that. Good luck athletes, teams, mm-hmm. coaches, and moments. moments. Yeah. So people are going to hate me. No, they're not. They're not gonna well, they're going to dislike it's, me. It's all subjective. I mean, it, they're, they're, well, that's what that my answer is. What would you do? Mm-hmm. Would be my response to them. Yeah, and it's 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 good debate. It's, but, it's good, right. That's good fine. Content. That's but what sports is. It's tough. I I'm glad I'm not doing it again next week. <laughs> but it was fun. It was actually it was great because all these things always bring you back to moments you really loved and remembered, mm-hmm. like the Rose Bowl in 2007 and the Ohio State game and the basketball tournaments and all this stuff. It's really nice to reflect on that mm-hmm. and how special it was. But I think people are going to hate me. That's fine. Yeah, feel free to write me all you want. I'll, I'll write back to you. Yeah, he will. No, I'll argue. No, no, nobody will hate you. It's, it's as you like said, subjective. Mm-hmm. My only advice is don't let anybody that's already given you a quote, mm-hmm. don't let them edit that. <laughs> don't let them change their mind between now and then. No, no, we've got some 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 great people to uh, to respond to. We reach out to, I would say, 150 or so, just kind of all sorts of people I around the country. I myself. Uh, <laughs> Bob, don't worry. We'll do a special section for you in, you know, 25, 30 years. Yeah. When yeah. you're here 55 years or so like Lauren has been. But, um, no, I mean, uh, D. Brown got back to us, uh, Lon Kruger, uh, Lou Tepper, um, a boatload of people, David Williams, uh, lots and lots of former Illini coaches and athletes uh, that – uh, you know, also fellow journalists too, Rick Tallender of the Sun Times, uh, Mark Tupper, formerly the Cater as well. Um, just a lot of people who, who know Lauren. I mean, this kind of goes back to as well. I remember in 2013 covering an Illinois basketball game, and I went up to talk to uh, one of the analysts for BTM before the game, and Eric Collins was doing play-by-play, and he overheard me introduce myself, and I said I was with the Champagne News Gazette, and this was eight years ago, and he goes, "Oh, that's Lauren Tate's paper." So people know who who Lauren is, and and we want to make a a big deal about him because he is such a big deal to us and and this community. Scott, what are you working on for your podcast? Here's time you can (laughs) plug that. Well, I mean, Matt already plugged it, but again, episode (laughs) 148 of Inside Illini Basketball, now available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Lots of portal talk and schedule talk and coaching carousel talk this week. Also talk some coaching fashion. That's true. Um, Went on a little five-minute rant or diatribe about when coaches are going to wear suits again on the sidelines. Do you want them to? I don't know. I kind of went. Matt back. does. Yes. I do. I do yes. in the sense because if you see them wearing a suit, you're like, okay, it's back to normal. Right. Li- Good life, point. Great. Life Great is point. life is returning to some normalcy. I'm fine if they're just like in khakis and a polo. Sure. Uh, but uh, let's see. I mean, the there's Jim always Har- the Jim Harbaugh look before it became the look for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's always something happening for Illinois basketball. Absolutely. I imagine we'll have some of that. But uh, also, our girls' All-State basketball team ran this Sunday, and boys' All-State will run this coming Sunday. Cool. Our 89th annual All-State boys' basketball team. Need to take one final break on Monday Night Sports Talk. Here we go with that. Back with more after this. Let Tyner Roofing protect your biggest investment, your home. With more than 10 years' experience, you'll see the quality in our work. From start to finish, we treat your project as we would our own. Contact Tyner Roofing today for your free estimate. A couple of minutes before 6 here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Some other 
noteworthy items from over the weekend. Congratulations to Illinois baseball. What a difference a week makes, eh? No kidding. They lost a week ago today to Purdue, twenty to six, and then, then they the, no hit the Boilermakers one nothing and really swept cool. them and swept them. Yeah, thirteen and fourteen now in the league, and uh, yeah, combined no hitter yesterday over in West Lafayette. Only the eleventh in program history, which uh, lands them on the cover of Tuesday's News Gazette. Good deal. So, softball split. Uh, uh, weekend series with Indiana. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to Mike Small's golf team winning the very prestigious Robert Kepler Invitational over at Ohio State. And the Big Ten Championships up next in Indiana outside of Indianapolis at Carmel at Crooked Stick. Yeah. And men's, men's and women's tennis this week too start the Big Ten tournaments as well. A lot of stuff going on. Guys, we appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Steve. We'll talk to you maybe next week. Illinois baseball scheduled to play at 3 o'clock next week at Northwestern. We'll keep you posted on that. And we appreciate you listening here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to Ed Bond for his help in the other room. For Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good uh, evening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.